Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Not Your Average Tea Time. I'm your host, Tabaria, joined by Christian, as always. So I figure we can get back into the podcast swing by doing a division preview. We'll probably drop an episode a week, and I figure this will be a nice way to ease into the podcast schedule before the season starts. And we'll probably finish up right as the season kicks off here. So, Christian, how you doing? Doing good, T. Always a pleasure to join you on the podcast. Uh, and as always, uh, you know, now we're getting closer and closer day by day. Got teams reporting to training camps, so it really you got that football feeling in the air nowadays. Oh man, like every week goes by, and I'm like, one more week closer, one more week closer. <laughs> I can almost smell it. <laughs> yeah, man, and of course, uh, you know, we're recording this on a Sunday, so. Uh, then you got like what six more Sundays to go without football, or you know, actually, uh, probably even okay. Is it seven? Seven. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. So it, it's getting there, though. It's getting there. The only reason I know is because the Jets remind me every Sunday. <laughs> Last week it was eight Sundays, and this week they put out little graphics. Told me it was seven. So it's a little countdown. It's a little yep. countdown. I'm yep. looking forward. Well, to it. E- even even less for preseason football, baby. Oh, yeah, that's in a week and a half now, right? We get the Hall of Fame game kicks off? That's right. Man. We back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get this game going here. So welcome to the uh, Division Preview. I think that's just what I'll call it, Division Preview Series here. So, Christian, what are some of the storylines? You know, we're starting off the NFC North, but what are some of the storylines that we need to look forward to with the Chicago Bears? Like, who... Who you think stock is going to be up? Who you think stock might be down? Is there anything riding on this season for anybody like Roquan and the contract extension? Like, who should we watch for? What are some of the storylines about the Bears? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, it, it seems like there's, you know, more than a dozen storylines heading into camp with the Chicago Bears. Obviously, it all starts and ends with Justin Fields. Any progression he's going to make in year two. Now, obviously, he, he's got... I guess you could say the odds are kind of stacked against him as he's learning yet another offense. Obviously, last year being his rookie year, his first year in the NFL, he obviously had to learn Matt Nagy's offense, and now he's got to learn uh, Luke Getze's offense, who's coming over from the Green Bay Packers. This is going to be his first time being a play caller, so it'll be interesting to see uh, you know, exactly what this offense is going to look like and how quickly Justin Fields and company uh, can really master this offense. Obviously, it's not going to just take one year. So from week one to week 10, from week 10 to week 17, it's probably, hopefully, you hope it's going to look a lot different, a lot different and a lot better, and things are going to be run a lot smoother over time. So that's going to be the storyline. Uh, you know, obviously the main storyline is Justin Fields and uh, this year two jump that uh, many are, are expecting him to make. But again, if they're, they're, you're probably going to see some struggles uh, in between as well. I mean, uh, doesn't help that he lost Allen Robinson. You could say that they, the Bears lost Allen Robinson uh, a, a year ago uh, as this past season. Uh, Robinson wasn't very effective in the Bears offense, but not many were. But one guy who was was Darnell Mooney, and they've already uh, pretty much uh, singled him out as the team's number one wide receiver. He, he has only continued to uh, improve his game year after year, so Looking for a big jump year three for uh, Darnell Mooney. <clears throat> and then on the defensive side of the football, you'll lose Khalil Mack. You'll lose Akeem Hicks. Uh, 
you're you're on the verge of losing Robert Quinn, who broke the the franchise's all-time sack record last year with 18 and a half, as he's still holding out. Um, you gotta look. You gotta look at some younger guys like a Travis Gibson to uh, step up in their absences uh, on the defensive line. And then, as you said, Roquan Smith heading into a contract year. Hopefully, they get that contract settled uh, here sometime during training camp, so it doesn't linger on into the season. But uh, you know, all, all signs point to uh, you know Ro- Roquan's not going to hold out or anything. If he were, he, he would have been sitting next to Robert Quinn. Uh, I don't think he's just going to out of nowhere sit out. Um, so that's going to be something to, to keep an eye on, but I got to think they get that one figured out soon. So, uh, th- those are a few of the, the headlines, the storylines I'm paying attention to, uh, heading into training camp for the Chicago bears. Okay, so since we're talking about the NFC North, I got the Chicago bears, of course. Uh, let me ask you about the, uh, purple people eaters of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Christian. So. The Minnesota Vikings, those purple people eaters who there's a strong chance I might be up there twice to watch them play here. And funny enough, one of the games I'm trying to get to is the Vikings versus the Bears. Get to see Justin Fields in action and live in person going up against those purple people eaters is the first game. And also it's that four year mark where my New York Jets come to Minnesota or Chicago. In this case, it's Minnesota. And they play, so I'm going to try to see the Jets live. Get an up-close look at Zach Wilson and see what, whatever they can bring to the table. But back to the Vikings here. Obviously, all eyes are on Kirk Cousins and how he will acclimate to Kevin O'Connell's new offense that he's bringing. Mike Zimmer's out. Kevin O'Connell's in from the Rams. And everybody's trying to look at what is that offense going to look like. I think Justin Jefferson and a lot of the other players have came out and said this is not going to be a run for offense anymore, which, okay, I understand it's 2022. is more of a passing league, but when you have Dalvin Cook as a running back, you kind of want to make sure you can get the ball and do what Dalvin Cook does best. So we're going to see how that plays out. But Justin Jefferson has been pretty vocal about how right now Devontae Adams, wide receiver one, which, you know, Christian, I told you, for a long time that he was and you know he kept trying to say D Hop was and I was like ah I don't know this number 17 dude is pretty good but Justin Jefferson came out and said by the end of this year I'm gonna be wide receiver one in the league and those are some big expectations upon your shoulder but I love it when a player is confident he says what he's gonna do and goes out and does it now it's the first time in that offense it might take a minute to pick it up However, he has a quarterback who can absolutely throw the ball around when he needs to, not every time he needs to, but when he needs to, and they can <laughs> probably get him up there because Justin Jefferson has some crazy stats, if I remember correctly. But then you got to worry about that wide receiver core. K.J. Osborne, wide receiver three, has kind of been picking it up, but Adam Thielen's getting long in the tooth. He's getting up there in age, so who knows how much more he has left in the tank. I think Irv Smith Jr., the tight end they have, has been kind of a disappointment from Vikings fans. I think they kind of expected more from him coming out of Alabama. C.J. Ham, my boy, the fullback. I'm only talking about him because he's a University of Sioux Falls alum, so he's a local kid there. But when he gets the ball and he runs and he blocks, he's everything I think you want in a fullback. The biggest question for the Vikings offense is going to be how does their offensive line hold up? It has notoriously not been good. 
They drafted left tackle Christian Derisaw, and he's been okay, I think. Results have kind of been a mixed bag. Garrett Bradbury at center, Brian O'Neill right tackle. They have to improve in that area if they want to be successful. Move over to the defensive side of the ball. The only name I think that I kind of recognize over there on the defensive line is Daniil Hunter. Do, do you know anything about uh, Jalen Tywin? Tywin? Uh, yeah, I, I know the name, but I, I can't tell you too much about him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe you know this one a little better. Dalvin Tomlinson. Yes. I think he got drafted yes. by the Giants. Giants, correct. Yeah. I think he's a former second-round pick. And then, Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, uh, yeah, that sounds right. And then Harrison Phillips. Harrison Phillips is actually, I think that's going to be a sneaky, great acquisition by the uh, Minnesota Vikings. He's coming over from the Buffalo Bills. I, I think he's uh, one of the more underrated interior uh, defensive linemen in the league. I, I think we might be hearing a lot about Harrison Phillips uh, in Minnesota this season. Mm. Well, since I'm close by, I think I'll I'll be the first to hear about it. So I'm I'm gonna keep my eye on that <laughs> one now. But then of course you look at their linebackers. Their linebackers are traditionally always good, right? So they got Eric Kendricks, who's pretty good. Jordan Hicks, Zadarius Smith. I forgot they picked him up. Mm-hmm. He when he was healthy with the Packers, he kind of held his own, did his thing. So uh, let's see if he can you know continue to carve out his mark with the Vikings defense. And then for the cornerbacks, they got Patrick Peterson. He's back for another year, I think, just a one-year deal. Harrison Smith, Lewis Seen, their first pick in this draft. I was kind of upset that they took him because that dude's a dog. I wanted the Jets to take him because the Jets still need some safety help. Then for the other cornerback, Cameron Dantzler, who I think kind of struggled just a little bit. But they also drafted Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. And I think he might be hurt right now, but I don't know. Just some names to watch out for there. So as far as the Vikings, their expectations are that they can get that defense back to levels it was at when they were feared, when you didn't want to play those purple people eaters. I think that that's I think that's part of the reason Zimmer got canned, if I'm being honest, because he his defense, he's a defensive coach. That's what. They wanted them to be excellent at, and his defense just failed time and time again to stop Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, A, find out if the Vikings defense can get back on track, and B, find out what's this new offense going to look like. How are they going to use Dalvin Cook? Can Justin Jefferson really take over the league and be wide receiver one? I don't know. A lot to think about there. What do you think? Did I miss anything? Is that – uh, no, that actually was a fantastic breakdown of the Minnesota Vikings. I actually seen a video today of their head, their new head coach, uh, Kevin O'Connell, and it was just of his uh, opening press conference after he was hired after the Super Bowl, obviously, and he was just speaking how great of a situation it is for him because they're not a rebuilding team. They're a team with still some very high expectations. I think if you talk to Minnesota Vikings fans, uh, they think they have a shot at winning the NFC North. They, and we'll get to the Green Bay Packers in just a second, but especially now that the Packers lost Devontae Adams, uh, I, I got to think many in Minnesota think that they have a true shot at uh, competing in the NFC North this season, whereas you look at the Chicago Bears, um, you know, while you want to be hopeful as a Bears fan like myself, 
you know there's very little to no chance that they're actually going to win the NFC North or, or even really compete um, you know, by week 13, week 14. I, I think we'll already have an idea uh, whether the Bears will have a chance or not. I hate to say it. Um, chances are they, they won't be in the picture at that point. But the Minnesota Vikings, it's the complete opposite. Kevin O'Connell and company are walking into a situation where you got your quarterback and Kirk Cousins, whether you love him or hate him, uh, he is a uh, you know top 15 quarterback, probably even top 12 quarterback in the NFL, certainly one of the more efficient quarterbacks. The question has really uh, always been, can he get it done when it matters the most? And uh, we, we've still yet to see that, but obviously the roster around him um, you, you mentioned you just went through the defense, you went through parts of the offense, and then, um, you know, I'm surprised. May, maybe I missed it, T, but uh, let's not forget they got one of the top running backs in the backfield as well. I, I know you, I know your love for uh, C.J. Ham was, uh, was out front and center, but uh, let's not forget about Dalvin Cook there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hit, on, I hit on Dalvin, but I think the running back I should have hit on was Alexander Madsen. Right, that dude's good too, and he'll be key. He'll be key as well. I mean, if we know Dalvin Cook, he, he's he's due to miss, you know, two, three, four games a season. That's the unfortunate part. But maybe you know this is going to be because I talked about it. I say you know it's going to be less of a run first offense, more of a right. passing right. offense. So maybe that helps take some of the tread off his tires, and he can last a full seventeen games. True, very true. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about those Green Bay Packers. All right, we're back, Christian. So Green Bay Packers, there's been a lot of change happening up there in the north. So what's going on with them? What are some of the storylines we need to watch out for this season? Well, obviously, the, the, the loss of Devontae Adams is going to be huge, uh, whether you want to listen to players on the Packers kind of try and dismiss that or not. I mean, that is a gaping hole now for the Packers offense. Yes, you still have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. Um, you know, they drafted Christian Watson in the second round out of North Dakota State. But, uh, I mean, it, that, that, those are pretty big shoes to fill if you're going to ask Christian Watson to replace Devontae Adams. They did end up bringing uh, Alan Lazard back. Um, but, you know, something that I seen yesterday, T, and I was almost going to throw this in the group chat you, me, and your brother Travis are in, um, is it me or does the PUP list this season? I mean, I, I've not seen so many players get added on to the physically unable to perform list uh, to start training camp prior to the season more so than I have probably this the, the past six seven days. And uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, threw uh, let's see one two three four five six they threw eight guys on the PUP list uh, yesterday. Uh, the, the, and some of them are some pretty big names, uh, such as a David Bakhtiari, who wasn't added to the list initially. Um, and then yesterday they added him onto the physically unable to perform list. One of those names that have been added to that list is Christian Watson. So I'm uh, not exactly sure what is wrong with him or how long he's expected to be on there. Another name, Robert Tanyan, uh, who, when healthy, mm. is one of uh, Aaron Rodgers' go-to guy, uh, guys. He obviously tore his ACL against Arizona last year, but especially missing Devonte Adams, I'm sure uh, you know Robert Tunyon was probably expecting a, a big role into this uh, in this offense. Maybe even seeing more targets. Now you don't want to read too much into it. Again, we haven't even hit preseason yet. Uh, teams are just starting to report for training camp now. Um, but yeah, so obviously the main 
uh, storyline is how are they going to replace Devontae Adams? How are they going to replace that uh, production that he had the last two, three, four seasons where he really, you know, as you would say, solidified himself as wide receiver one? I would say maybe wide receiver two or three, but certainly in that discussion. Um, so that's going to be the main thing. And then obviously – I'm curious to see. I know they love them some Aaron Jones. I know they uh, just recently signed him to the contract extension. I think it was uh, either early in the offseason or late last season when they extended him. But uh, I want to see some more A.J. Dillon, man. I mean, that guy is a bowling ball of a running back. Uh, So I'm curious to see what his role is going to be looking like in this offense. And, um, you know, certainly – you look at the wide receiver uh, depth that they have, and again, yes, they do have the greatest uh, or, you know, the, the best quarterback in the NFL today in Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP. Um, but, That's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, while you, you were, but while you mentioned how uh, the Minnesota Vikings could be more of a pass-heavy offense, Maybe we could see a lot of change in the Packers' offense where they're more of a run-heavy offense uh, this coming season. I think you might be right in because it's, you can't sign any one person or draft any one person to replace Devontae Adams. So that production has to go somewhere. And like you said, they got two stud running backs in the backfield who can probably pick up that load and you know help carry the team, no pun intended here. One thing I wanted to ask you, and also they, I didn't, I totally forgot this. Sammy Watkins. I was, you know what? I was just about to, I was just about to mention. Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, <laughs> Christian Watson, Randall Cobb. They kind of quietly got some dudes. Robert Tanya, Tonyan, however you say his name. Uh, Mercedes Lewis is still there. Uh, and you know, you talked about that PGP list, the pup list there. I know what the Jets, they put Carl Lawson on it. They put Mekhi Becton on it. They put all of these guys who had some kind of nagging injury in preseason, not preseason, minicamp and OTAs that prevented them from getting the field. All reports are that these guys are healthy. They're ready to go. However, this just allows them a little bit more time to ease into it. Like, there's no concern that they're going to miss any significant training camp time or actual preseason time, and maybe they don't even play in the preseason. Why would you, you know? Right. Uh, two questions for you with Garden the Packers here. When do they trade Jordan Love? Is it this offseason, or is it the next offseason, or this preseason? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, certainly if you're the Packers, this is a former first-round pick that you selected. I mean, maybe as of now you might get a sixth for him, if that. Uh, maybe a conditional fifth if there's actually a, more than one team, uh, you know, uh, knocking on the Packers' door for him. But uh, I, I mean, unless he lights it up in the preseason, I got to think he's going to get majority, honestly, if not all of the preseason snaps at quarterback for the Packers. Uh, man, but you know, e- even if Aaron Rodgers goes down, do you feel good about Jordan Love coming in? I, I don't think you do. So I mean. Unless he just, you know, blows it out of the water and absolutely uh, kills it this preseason, I, I think if he does that, then you got to find a way to ship him out 
for whatever you could get him for because that'll probably be the best offer that you'll see for him because if he has to come in like he did last year and he started that game against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, that was not a pretty sighting. That that was, <laughs> for, for me, I mean, that was one of the worst uh, quarterback debuts that I could uh, think of. Uh, uh, Jordan Love against the Chiefs last year when he had to uh, start that game. So, I mean, uh, if, if there's any like glimmer of hope and if there's any signs that he's shown that, oh, you know what, maybe he could be a, a decent starter in the NFL and you see that in the preseason, hurry up and get where you could for him because I don't see it lasting very long. I mean, they might have to hold on to him because their third-string quarterback is Danny, Danny Etling. I think the, Pac, the Patriots drafted him. Right. Wow. And they got him at quarterback, huh? Because I know he was with Atlanta last year, and they actually moved him to tight end. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Packer said, oh, we're going to put you a quarterback here. We're going we're gonna to keep trying to develop you that way. But the last question I have for you, why do the Packers hate Aaron Rodgers? Like, they waste – they wasted. They picked their first two picks in the draft was linebacker Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. They have listed a defensive end. It may have not have been that order, but those were their first two picks. And then mm-hmm. they, I think they took Christian Watkins with the, their third pick in right. the second round. So what's going on there? Like, why didn't they take a wide receiver? Is it just because the top five are already gone? Or, like, what's their plan here? You know, I, I think maybe I just think Christian Watson was their guy and they thought that maybe it would be a little bit of a reach or they just thought that other teams didn't think as highly of him uh, for them to uh, draft him in the first round. So they figured he would be there in the second round. And, and remember, he was a high second round pick. The Packers actually had to trade up in the second round to get him. So may, maybe they don't hate Aaron Rodgers as much as we think. But, uh, yeah, I, I think there's definitely something there because uh, – but uh, so so yeah, I think all right, obviously, and, and you know we were laughing about it on draft night. I mean, how could they draft two defenders with their two first round picks, especially after moving on from Devontae Adams? You you figured one of those picks had to be uh, uh, a wide receiver, or in the very least, an offensive lineman or, or somebody to help Aaron Rodgers on the offensive side of the football. That was not the case. But I think at the end of the day, I think maybe the Packers were just a lot higher on Christian Watson than. Uh, maybe many other teams were, and they figured uh, once he was still there in the second round, they, they figured they couldn't wait much longer, and they had to make that move up uh, in the second round to draft him. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's a, that's an odd marriage there that, that, that they're hoping uh, can, can uh, stay together past this season, but uh, it, it's hard to see. I mean, you, you get rid of the guy's number one uh, target, albeit you tried to keep him, you offered him a big deal, he just wanted out. Uh, can't say I blame Devontae, but, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's an odd one, man. I mean, they, they got some serious, uh, counseling, uh, to attend. Yeah. And, you know, some of the off season reports about Christian Watson was that he's had a case of the drops. Oh yeah. And last time I heard this, Jamar Chase had probably one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen. So <laughs> maybe you're all as well in the Packer land regarding that. The one thing I'll say about when we can close out the Packers with this, or he's a Nikhil Harry, or he's Nikhil Harry. You, I mean, you should hope not because Nikhil Harry is now with the Bears, right? That's right. That's right. But uh, I thought Rashawn Gary would be the worst NFL player who ever put on cleats, and I mean, the first two seasons I think he had, he didn't, he didn't 
do anything to prove me wrong. But last season, he found his groove, really turned it on, and turned into a fine NFL player. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, those are words that I'll eat egg on my face for thinking that. You're not the only one on that side of the fence either. I, you know, like you said, first couple of years, he was kind of proving us right. And, uh, you know, last year he really turned it on. And now he really is one of the, uh, if not the premier player on that Packers defense. And now, obviously, uh, he's going to be asked to do even more and have more of an impact on that defense now with the loss of Zadarius Smith, who he filled in nicely for last year. Now the job is yours, Rashawn Gary. Now let's see how you can do as a permanent starter on the defense. Here we go. So sticking with the NFC North, Tabario, we talked about the Bears, the Vikings, the Green Bay Packers. Now we got to talk about the Detroit Lions who, uh, you know, heading into this season, there are a lot of people that are high on the Detroit Lions. Not, I've not seen the hot take that they're going to win the NFC North just yet, but I do see many – I see most analysts out there on ESPN, on Fox Sports, what have you – that uh, predict the Detroit Lions, uh, you know, at least topping the Chicago Bears in the NFC North. Uh, when looking at this team, I mean, what what are some of the top storylines? Well, I think the one that's going to come ahead first off is that they're on hard knocks this year. We get to see right. Dan Campbell up close talking about eating people's kneecaps. So oh, yeah. I'm excited for that. I mean, if you listen to him talk, He's such a likable guy, and the injury he brings makes you want to go run through a wall for him. So it'll be nice to see kind of a behind-the-scenes look at what the Detroit Lions are building over there. And we'll get to see it real soon here. Hard Knock kicks off next month, I believe. But with a lot of these teams, I think you got to look at the quarterback. All of the teams we talked about in the NFC North today. But Jared Goff, what does he do? I think he's at a crossroads of his career because everybody thought that maybe the Lions should take a quarterback with one of their two first-round picks this year and get somebody to start grooming to replace Jared Goff. They chose not to do that, and so now their second depth quarterback is David Blow, Blau or something like that. I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> you don't remember – so, and this is the only, only reason why I'm going to bring this up is because you and I were actually watching a game at your mom's house, and it was the Bears versus the Lions, and David Blau ripped this Bears defense a new one, and the Bears actually walked away with the victory, but it went right down to the wire, and David Blau, <laughs> uh, I think he has the most passing yards, and it happened in that game, the most passing yards for an undrafted rookie to make his first career start. It was his first career start. I think he threw for over 350 yards on the Bears' defense, came right down to the wire, and uh, the Bears were able to win that game. But, yeah, he blew. I, I remember <laughs> it, it was something crazy like that. Well, apparently he can't play. That probably is why they haven't drafted anybody. But, you know, I think that this is Jared Goff's last chance to show that he can take a team to the playoffs and maybe some sort of a deeper run. Because if he's bad again and the Lions are bad again, you got to think they're going to take Bryce Young or the kid from Ohio State, the other quarterback. What's his name? C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. You got to think that one of those two guys or maybe – um, the kid from Kentucky who puts mayonnaise in his coffee. <laughs> yeah, Will Levis Will or Levis, Will Levis. Levis, yeah. You got to think one of those three guys is going to be on the Detroit Lions' radar if Jared Goff continues to struggle and shows he cannot lead this team the way they need to. So 
that's going to be interesting. But their offense as a whole, you're like, they might actually be able to score some points this year. They have DeAndre Swift and backing him up, Jamal Williams. Amaron Ra St. Brown, who had like a breakout season last year. Mm-hmm. DJ Chark, who they signed from the Jaguars. He can he can ball. And then they drafted, obviously, they moved up from 31 or 32 or what it was. And swapped places with the Vikings to get Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams is starting training camp on a pup list. So who knows when he's going to be able to play. There's been some reports that said that he won't be ready until October. So he won't be a big contributor. We really won't get to see what he does till later in the year. But maybe that's when they'll need a shot in the arm. And he can give him that. TJ Hawkinson, of course, is a dog. So we can see what he can do. Their offensive line looks steady. Their defense has a bunch of guys who aren't necessarily household names, but they got Charles Harris, Romeo Okora, Michael Brockers, of course, Aiden Hutchinson, who they took with the second overall pick, Alex Alazone, Armani Oruke. I don't know how to say that name. He's the cornerback, though, but he's, he's pretty good. And then hopefully they get Jeff Okuda back and they can see what he can do. So, And just to add one more name to their defense, a name that you're familiar with, Jared Davis, who years ago, not many years ago, I think five years ago, they used their first-round draft pick on. He played four years in Detroit before playing with the Jets. He's back in Detroit, so we'll see if he could kind of rejuvenate his career, even though he's never really uh, you know, been the type of player the Lions uh, thought that they drafted years ago. But, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe a return could uh, do Jared Davis some good here. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, with the Jets, the Jets were really excited for him, like really, really excited to have him next to C.J. Mosley. He goes down early in the year, and, like, the Jets had no contingency plan because they brought in guy after guy off the street until the Jags cut Quentin Williams' brother, Quincy Williams, and they picked him up, and he replaced Jared Davis pretty well. Jared came back, and everybody asked, what's the plan here? Like, Quincy's been playing pretty good, but you signed Jared Davis. He was your first pick, your first signing in that offseason, which was weird. Like, what are you going to do? And it was like instantly he comes back and beats the starter. Well, he got healthy. They put him out there, and he struggled. It was bad. Like, I don't even know if he made it a full quarter before they benched him for Quincy again. And, Yeah. He obviously didn't get resigned because he's back with the Lions. Damn. It's a cold <laughs> world out there. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Lions fans have to be hopeful here. They have to have, some, yeah. like, we got to think, like, okay, we're, we're getting a lot of things here. This looks different than last time. Maybe we won't finish last in the division. But they cannot start off 0-10 or whatever like they did last year. <laughs> like, that, that would be the absolute worst. Yeah, I mean, you look at this entire roster, really, you know, I mean, it's hard not to be hopeful. I mean, there's a lot of exciting names and a lot of young players that, you know, the, the future is looking bright for. Um, but, you know, as you kind of started the conversation off with the Lions, though, T, Jared Goff, I mean, it's kind of hard to move past uh, that name alone. I mean, he is what he is, I think. I don't think he's going to really improve much more uh, than what we've seen uh, in his uh, career so far, and, and you know, obviously leaving Sean McVay and the Rams, it, it's kind of 
you know, kind of gone downhill from there. Last year was really rough, you know, for Jared Goff and most of that team. But, um, you know, it, if I was a Lions fan, I, I probably would still be a little sour that they didn't address the quarterback position at some point in the NFL draft or, you know, even hit up uh, free agency. The Carson Strong kid from Nevada, who a lot of people thought was going to get drafted, he goes undrafted, signs with the Philadelphia Eagles, go out and sign a, a young prospect like that. I mean, um, not not to say that he would challenge Jared Goff for the starting job right away, but, you know, you're heading in with David Blau and, and uh, Tim Boyle, um, you know, the, the, the same crew that you had last year. It, it would have been nice to see them add some type of competition, some type of n- different name to that position because everywhere else the roster looks much improved and, and there's a lot of potential there. But it's hard to move past that quarterback position, especially knowing how important it is in today's NFL. And I think we'll wrap the Detroit Lions on this note here. This is a little little stat we got from Seth Walder of ESPN. The Lions threw short of the stick 65% of the time, higher than any other team by a mile. The next closest team was the Panthers at 54%. You know, <laughs> if everybody knows you're not going to throw it deep, you're just going to keep it short. They're just going to sit on the sticks and you're going to have a season like the Lions had. But, Christian, we'll close the podcast with this. What is your before training camp prediction of who wins the North and who's in the basement? Just just give me the one through four here, how you think it's going to play out. Now, obviously, we'll revisit this before the season starts after we get the cuts and, you know, any injuries, unfortunately. Hopefully, they don't happen, but they're part of the game. They do. Any trades, all that stuff. We'll revisit it, but... Give me your prediction of how the North plays out. Yeah, you know, I, I I think, and it was this conversation that has me steered this way now. I wasn't really sure how to feel heading in, but I think I think there's a good chance the Minnesota Vikings finish number one in the NFC North, followed by the Green Bay Packers, and it's going to be a dogfight for three and four. Um, I'll believe it when I see it, Detroit. Uh, Bears will finish third. Detroit will finish fourth. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I know we, we focus a lot on the other teams, um, more so than the Bears, at least today. But uh, I, I do think that a lot of people are sleeping on just the new coaching staff. I, I think that alone is a huge upgrade. I, I know it's still unproven, but I, I think um, as harsh as it sounds, I, I think just Maggie alone not being in the locker room and, and more specifically uh, calling the offensive plays um, I think that alone is going to be an improvement for this team. And then you got uh, Matt Eberflus coming over from Indianapolis where um, they were always, you know, top five, certainly top 10 defense when he was there. He's going to be bringing in uh, his own defense going back to the 4-3. Um, it'll be interesting to see some of these players and how they adjust to that. I think just the mentality, though, that he's bringing to Chicago um, – I think they're they're not going to be as bad as like the the media is saying the Bears have a, a legit shot at uh, being the worst team in the league and contending for the number one overall pick. Um, and I'm trying to take my Bears fan goggles off when I'm saying this, but I just don't see them being that bad where they're going to be in true contention of the number one overall pick. So um, long-winded answer, I suppose. But uh, so I'll go Vikings first, Packers. 
and then it's going to be a dog fight. Don't get me wrong, but Bears, Lions, and again, uh, until I see it with my own eyes with the Detroit Lions, as exciting uh, of a roster it looks like they have, um, you know, I, I'll see it. Uh, I'll, uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. But uh, yeah, the, the Lions are, are are still in the basement of the NFC North. So, who starts at left tackle? Who starts at right tackle for the Bears this season? You think? Because left uh, tackle Jason Peters, who played for the Bears, said that mm-hmm. once the Bears get their offensive line solidified, Justin Fields is going to be a star. He has what it takes. So, who starts at those two positions? You know what? I, I've made the prediction that. Believe it or not, the guy that starts at left tackle for the Bears isn't on the roster right now, and that's actually going to be because it's they're going to bring Jason Peters back. I know he's 40. I know he's up there in age. Um, but that guy was a beast last year. He, he was – I wasn't sure what to expect out of Jason Peters last year. Um, they actually called him out of retirement. Um, he, he was damn good. He was their best offensive lineman last year. So I, I predict that they already have a deal in place that – um, you know, he's just taking the, the, the veteran uh, way out of training camp and preseason. And, and by like week two, week three of the preseason, they're going to make it official. Uh, I, I know he's been on record also saying that he's staying in shape. He's, you know, he, he's ready to play this season. He's looking forward to playing this season. So uh, I don't know if he's looking for, and, and I'm sure he probably is looking to join like a contender or, or, or something like that. And maybe that opportunity comes his way and just crushes my dreams. But as of now, I, I think my prediction is they're going to call Jason Peters out uh, and sign him to a deal uh, just before the, the regular season. And then so who starts that right tackle? You got Larry Borm or Tevin Jenkins? Yeah, you know, I, I think it is going to be uh, Larry Borum where obviously there's so much excitement for Tevin Jenkins. Jenkins last year had to have that back surgery came back and finished the, the year out. Um, you know, he flashed a little bit, but more times than not, he, he was struggling. Uh, you know, he had a lot of offside penalties and then getting beat by defenders. But I, I, I'm still not ruling him totally out, but I, I think just Larry Borum, what we've seen out of him last year, uh, unfortunately, I, I think he was head and shoulders above uh, Tevin Jenkins. Um, and, and it seems like that's been the case so far in OTAs. And, and we'll see where things go in training camp, but, um, yeah, so I, I got Larry Borum on, at right tackle, and uh, I know it, it sounds funny because he's not on the team right now, but I, I predict Jason Peters will be there at left tackle come week one. We're going to wrap with that. We'll come back next episode. We'll probably hit up the AFC North and see how those Cincinnati Bengals and company are doing. But thank you, Christian, for joining me. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Not Your Average Tea Time Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.